0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Warning. Guests of The Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. And that is uh, audio from Iran, where the people of the country are standing up against the government, and uh, they're challenging the government Is maybe—I don't know whether it's the same kind of challenge as happened in 2009 with the uh, Green Movement, or whether it's somewhat different in 2018. It did come very quickly. There wasn't a lot of forewarning, at least I wasn't aware, but now— uh, I, mean, I look at this situation in Iran. I look at the people who are looking for uh, an increased sense of of, of, of freedom. Uh, I, I hope Western leaders and Western governments will do better than we did in 2009, even if it's just to provide moral support. Because 2009, Mr. Obama just walked away and basically told Americans, the American government, we're out. It's very disappointing, but of course you're not allowed to say anything about Barack Obama because he never made any mistakes, did he? We're going to talk about the situation in Iran in in just a few seconds. I just also want to remind you that in our next hour, Michelle Rempel, Conservative Member of Parliament for Calgary-Nose Hill, Candace Bergen, Conservative Member of Parliament for Portage-Lisker, and Senator Denise Batters from Saskatchewan are going to be joining us. We're going to close out 2018 and look ahead to 2000. No, we're not. We're closing out 2017. Well, at least I'm not a procrastinator. Uh, We're closing out 2017 and looking into 2018 with our three guests from the Conservative Party, Michelle Rempel-Kandisbergen and Denise Batters, MP, MP, and Senator, respectively. So anti-government protests continue in Iran, with protesters chanting, Death to the dictator. And Iran's government has issued warnings to protesters. Reports have two protesters dead. Some say gunfire was involved. Others say no. And the government is significantly restricting social media access. Marina Namat joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network at 16. She was imprisoned in Tehran's notorious Evan prison, where she was tortured and sentenced to death for speaking out against the government. She's the author of Prisoner of Tehran and after Tehran, and she is an internationally celebrated human rights activist. It's good to speak with you again, Marina. It's been a it's been a while. And you're the very first person I thought of when, uh, when, of course, when the situation that is currently underway began to develop. Thank you for coming on the program. And what are the Iranian people looking for? What is the protest? uh, What are the demonstrations about now?
1: Well, thank you for having me, Roy. Uh, In Iran, we've had protests against the uh, Islamist government since uh, 1980 that is when i was involved in the protest and that is in in 1982 as a result i was arrested but protests have been on and off in iran some of them have been more widespread some of them less so some of them have been reported on by the media in the west some have not but I guess in 2009, that's the one, the the, the, mo- the most recent one that comes to mind, and that was reported on. So the protests are are nothing new. The issue that I think people need to understand is that the Iranian regime has strongly established itself as um, a dictator with an iron fist. These people are not shy; they would. Put dissidents, and by dissident, I mean, you know, the the slightest criticism of the government would uh, would make you a dissident in Iran. They would put people in prison. They would with no no access to due process. They would torture. They would rape. They would threaten family members. They would put family members away. I mean. Um, They're ruthless, so they have established this ruthlessness, and people in Iran know the price of protest. So, but what happens is that, as history moves forward, because history never remains stagnant, when you have a dictatorship that just grabs the throat of its people and just keeps squeezing. You are going to arrive eventually at a point of no return. You can push people so far. Now, these protests that we have seeing we have been seeing on and off, they are just these steps on this road that leads to the point of no return. And I don't think that the protests right now are at are that point, uh, because the situation in Iran abroad is, uh, in my humble opinion, I might be wrong, but in my humble opinion, is not ripe enough to. You know, for it's not, the Iranian people are not at the point to say enough is enough. We are just done with you. And what prompted these recent protests is just the ridiculous inflation. I mean, every other week, prices get doubled. And the average middle class or lower class family is just seriously having difficulty putting food on the table, is seriously having difficulty paying their rent. So things are getting harder and harder. And as a result, corruption is rampant. I mean, you can get nothing done. You can get nothing done in Iran without bribing people. So this is what prompted the recent protests, economy. And nothing economical can happen when it is somehow not connected to politics and Mm -hmm. to the government. So this is what's been happening in Iran.
0: Now you talked about what happens to dissidents and dissidents could be anybody who says anything yeah. that is negative or or interpreted as being mm-hmm. negatively directed toward the government and they did to you and they did to your family all the things that you that you talked about mm-hmm. right They imprisoned you the, you, were, right. you were tortured, yeah, said, you were sexually yeah. assaulted you were, yeah. you were you were you were sentenced to death. clearly right. clearly the message is, don't do this. Don't do. Don't don't oppose this because it's going to happen to you. That's right. Um, and and you were fortunate to get get away from there. And you did it. I mean, you you you, did, you agreed to marry a, a a guard who then helped you to get out. And all you wanted to do is get away from there. Um, but today, and the story is amazing. It's. Uh, um. The the story of Marina is amazing. So if you haven't read *Prisoner of Tehran* or *After Tehran*, read the books. They are really, really well worth the read. So, so it's not as explosive yet. Your interpretation is not as explosive yet, no. as it as it might become. Uh, and so it's a staged situation. So each time it gets a little a little more um, potent?
1: Uh, I suppose to a certain degree. Again, don't forget that you're dealing with a government that would do anything, Mm -hmm. would go to any length to uh, destroy anybody who stands in its way. And they have established this reputation, so nobody doubts it. So the situation in Iran must arrive at a point where the vast majority of the population would say, wait a second, I'm going to die anyhow. I mean, because I I can't provide for my family, because we can't eat, Mm -hmm. because we can't live. So whatever they do to me, and not just to me as a dissident, but to my family, to my children, so be it because we are not going to survive this situation anyhow. So we might as well stand up to these people who have taken us hostage to our own government that has taken us hostage since 1979. Enough is enough. And I, I'm, I speak to my friends who are in Iran, and they, many of my friends, they have been in prison as well, so they are dissidents. They, the thing that scares them... <laughs> funny enough, is not so much to be imprisoned again or tortured again or their families being in danger. What really scares them is what is going on in the region. Because if you look at Iran's neighbors, if you look at Afghanistan, even Pakistan, because Pakistan is a stronghold of Al-Qaeda, and if you look at Syria, if you look at Iraq, basically Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan are to various degrees in civil war. And in Iran, my friends always say, listen, we have the devil at the head of our country, but at least Iran is stable. If we destabilize Iran, we are going to become the next Syria. And are you really asking us to do that? Do you want Iran to enter civil war? Whatever we have right now, yes, in a sense, dissidents are put in prison. They are put away. Okay, the economy is definitely not doing great. But at the end of the day, we can go to the market and buy a loaf of bread. it all be very expensive, but we can go home without being blown up. So what are you asking us? And, and I think what, what we are seeing, most protests in Iran, and many protests in other places in the Middle East, let's not forget what happened in Tunisia, they, they start from economic issues. But then you cannot separate economy from the government, so then they tend to become anti-government protests. Now, if the protests this year are actually going to escalate and are going to become bigger than 2009, I don't know. But the trajectory, now again, when we talk about trajectory of history, it's not going to happen by tomorrow, if you look at the history of Soviet Union, for example, the Soviet Union was in power from 1917 to, like, what was it, 1980.
0: 1980.
1: So it, it, it takes a long time. It usually takes more than a generation to get rid of a very strong, powerful dictatorship. And there is no arguing that Iran is strong and powerful. They sit on oil, so there is money. And they have support. They have the support of Russia. They have the support of China. And these are Powerful allies, huge powerful allies. So, to actually destabilize Iran to the point that the regime is in danger of demise, it would take a lot. It would take the vast majority of the population, and it would take for them to say, whatever happens to us, that's fine, because we are fed up with this. And I don't see it happening right now. I don't see it happening, not internally and not externally, again, because there's so much turmoil in the region that if Iran goes down that path, basically there will be nothing left. But Again, I don't have a crystal ball. Nobody saw this, the fall of the Soviet Union when it fell. I cannot say I know exactly when it will happen. This is just simply an educated guess.
0: Yeah. Can you stay with us a bit longer? Okay, let me take a quick break, and we'll come back uh, with Marina Nemat. And again, uh, her books are Prisoner of Tehran and After Tehran. She was sentenced to death at 16 years of age in Evan Prison, where torture regularly takes place. And uh, Marina was tortured, and uh, she did manage to get away when she agreed to marry a guard. And, and then she, uh, well, it's another story, but she got away from the guard, and she got away from Miron, and she lives in this country now. She's very happily uh, Canadian, also an international human rights uh, figure, was honored by the European parliament so we'll talk more with marina when we come back i just was thinking about the fact that if that if iran were destabilized to the point that they were like syria and there what would be left of the of the region there's so many factors here but the, the government of iran has closed down much of social media or a good part of it so what are they looking at how do they see it from their perspective And what should Western governments do? We'll talk some more with Marina when we come back. It's The Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You can listen back to anything that we air or download it by going to the Roy Green Show page after visiting any of the Chorus Radio Station's websites that carry this program. And uh, just go to the podcasts and you'll see it all there. Marina Namat is my guest, and we're talking about what's going on in Iran at the moment. Um. What are your friends in uh, in in Iran saying about how how worried they are about the current situation, um, Marina? On a personal level, because we've been we've heard that two two young men have uh, have died and the uh, the protests you know, the demonstrations have been have been significant. Are there personal? Do they have personal concerns for their safety?
1: Uh, they do. Uh, many of my friends are now parents and they have kids. Who are in their twenties, and they are worried about them. I mean, we, our generation, we ended up in prison. We were in our t- when we were in our teens, and some of us in our twenties. So now we have children who are that age, mm-hmm. and many of my friends, when they look at their kids, actually many of my friends, they got their children out of the country uh, a few years ago. But those who still have young, uh, well, you know, young adult children or kids who are in their teen years, or they have nieces and nephews, I mean, they're worried because they remember what happened to us. And uh, again, as I said to you, um, they don't want to see Iran fall into civil war. That is one of their main concerns. They are fed up with this government. They hate this government. They want to see it gone in their lifetime. Uh, we were the generation of the revolution and we want to see it gone. But um, they also know what the cost might be. And that is where fear uh, creeps in. And now, I do not blame
0: Do them. you think that Western governments, clearly they must understand that as well, is there a role for Western governments to play? Uh, is it uh, at all this time to provide a lip service or, or should they just back off and say nothing?
1: No, would back up and say nothing, no. Uh, I mean, a direct uh, interference in any country's, other countries' affairs, I'm strongly against it. We have, if we even look at recent history, I mean, what happened in uh, Afghanistan, what happened in Iraq, what, what's happening in Syria right now. I mean, um, any kind of direct interference, it might work for the short run but in long term it usually has complications implications that are usually huge and are usually very negative so that i'm totally against any kind of direct um you know putting boots on the ground or military attacks or bombing this and bombing that i'm usually against that because again as history has shown it backfires but to provide moral support support uh, to the people of Iran and to make sure that uh, populations in the West understand that the government of Iran and the people of Iran are two different things. Mm-hmm. That when you live under a dictatorship, you are the hostage of your government, except those who support the government. Right. But I mean, the government support in Iran has taken a nosedive so the number of people who actually support the Iranian government, um, it's, been fall- it's been dropping. I mean, of course, we cannot take census, but uh, it seems to have been
0: falling. All right. N- Marina, it's it's always uh, an honor to speak with you. Thank you so much for the time today, and it's great to have you uh, in this country.
1: Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm a proud Canadian, and Happy New Year.
0: We'll talk to you soon. Thank happy you, New sir. Year to you. Marina Namat on the Roy Green Show on the Corus Radio Network when we come back. I talk about a poll that's taken place, has to do with Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Trump, and where the support lies. You may agree, you may want to challenge.